This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. David Eichholt, Sean Bach, 247sportshawkeyeinsider.com. Sean, I know, you know, you've been out of commission for the past couple of days. How was your trip to uh, Indianapolis, first of all? Yeah, no, it was good. Um, obviously, you keep an eye on the phone here and there with all the stuff going on, the transfer portal stuff in the 2023 class. Granted, there's been it's been pretty quiet in 2023, but <clears throat> there's been a few things here and there. But the portal is really as you know, David is really taking up most of, uh, most of our time with college football, uh, media and, yeah. you know, really just waters with media everywhere. Yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. I mean, I probably got off my desk like twice yesterday. <laughs> I've been working the phones like crazy talking to people. Uh, so we'll dive into a lot of it. Obviously the news that, you know, some Iowa top talent is transferring out, including, Linebacker Justin Jacobs, uh, Justin talked to me last night and informed me that he was going to be entering the portal on Tuesday morning. Sean, we kind of heard rumblings behind the scenes about Justin potentially leaving, but uh, this certainly is a big, big question mark going into the next couple weeks and in the next season. I know Iowa's got some guys they're confident in at linebacker, especially Jay Higgins, who is flashed, but lose Jack Campbell, lose Seth Benson. You know, now you lose Justin Jacobs, who was going to be arguably the face of the defense, maybe outside of maybe Lucas Van Ness, just based on name alone. But uh, this is a very significant loss to Jacobs with the portal. Yeah, it was uh, definitely one that makes you scratch your head a little bit. I mean, this day and age in college football, obviously nothing at this point can make you really scratch your head or nothing should really come by a surprise, but with the way that Jacob seemed destined to be the leader of the defense next year and with the way that Iowa's linebackers had success this year, I mean, Jack Campbell and Seth Benson were two of the best players, not only in, you know, on Iowa's defense, but I would say two of the best linebackers, especially Campbell in the big 10. And Jacobs has shown ability to flash that and be, you know, that type of guy and potentially even have a bigger upside than, you know, Campbell which I thought, you know, I, I don't know if you would disagree with that one, but I think from an athletic standpoint, yes, they both have it, but I think Jacobs just has something a little different with a certain edge and with a certain athletic ability that makes him a, you know, higher upside prospect. So, yeah, higher yeah, upside I mean, prospects, I, a better better way to terminate, like terminate, term, yeah. a better term for that is what I'm trying to say. But I yeah, I Campbell, agree with you on that. 
Campbell has shown the higher floor because he's been able to stay on the field. Jacobs obviously has been battling with an injury bug throughout his career, but yeah, it was just one of those ones where you kind of scratch your head a little bit and think to yourself, okay, like you'd been the guy on defense next year, but you know, there's something not totally lining up, but it's, it's definitely a significant loss. I, I'm interested to see how Iowa goes about that. I mean, I know they feel good about Kyler Fisher. Um, you mentioned Jay Higgins as well. Number of other guys, too, that can potentially step up. They brought in that four-man linebacker class in the 2021 cycle. But I think the reality is they're going to want to maybe go for another guy in the portal yep. and maybe explore that option a little bit because you probably want another piece that you can rely on from depth purposes and also just instant impact wise too. Yeah. You know, I agree with you about Jacobs, by the way, I think he had a, I think Campbell has a much higher floor and he's going to be more consistent. I think Justin can make the flashier plays. And I think that's what you kind of allude to, but if you go from a straight athletic prowess and potential NFL guy, if Jacobs stay healthy, I think he certainly is, is up there with Campbell. And I think Campbell should be a late first round pick just based on production alone. But you know, a name I'd, I'd really think Iowa should take a look at is Nebraska linebacker Ernest Hausman. I mean, I think Iowa has a couple ties there. They tried to recruit him. He's a guy who was very, very good during his true freshman season at Nebraska. I believe he had a fumble recovery in that game against Iowa as well. I mean, this is a very high floor player in my book. And I think I think there'd be some ties there. And I know Iowa's coaching staff has followed him on social media. So I think that'd be an intriguing get if there's going to be some traction there. I'm going to, you know, ask around about that. But, you know, losing Jacobs, like you said, it's a head scratcher. But, you know, I also think back to the quote that Seth Wallace said when we met with him, maybe halfway through the season, maybe it was October. And he just said, yeah, I expect Justin to be back for 2023. I haven't had conversations with him, but, you know, I know he's hurting right now from a mental standpoint because he's now out in the field, but we expect him back. So, again, things change and everything like that, but it was something that's certainly about that. But, you know, we got also talk about a couple of the other departures. Expected, I think, Sean, for the most part, Keegan Johnson. I know it's been heavily rumored. I know we haven't dove into detail about the honor message board until it happened because we don't find it ethical to talk about guys that could transfer. It's just, it doesn't, it's just one of those lines you have to toe. Arlen Bruce and Gavin Williams all departing along with Josh Volk. Arlen one was very clear to me, Sean, maybe about a month ago when, when Kenny from the Dwayne Redshirt and I talked to him on a two-on-one interview Arlen just fly out said, I'm frustrated. And he was very transparent about everything going on. And it was clear. Kenny and I actually walked away and we said, he's not going to be in an Iowa uniform next year. It just, I, I give him credit for sticking out the rest of the season and playing, trying to make plays. But it was very, very clear that he was frustrated with the ways he was used in the offense. And quite frankly, you can't blame him right now, Sean. Yeah, I actually ended up talking to Arlen this morning and, he said that the portal has been crazy, didn't go in depth on any on any schools that have been reaching out to him, but he said he's been getting a lot of interest, which is encouraging to see. But, yeah, I mean, one of the names that Iowa fans should really keep an eye on, obviously, Isaac Tesla, the uh, 6'4", 210 wide receiver from uh, Hillsdale College out there in Michigan. 
He's taking an official visit to Iowa this weekend. Seth Anderson, who's from Charleston Southern, Iowa has been in contact with him. He's the guy that Iowa could look to get on campus this this off or this weekend as well, maybe in the next week. He's a guy that the Hawkeyes are really high on. He's been getting more MAC offers right now, but if Iowa were to come in with an offer, I think that'd be one that's really intriguing to him. So those are two names that I'm really keeping an eye on right now. Obviously, Dante Cephas, and um, there are a number of other really highly regarded guys too that you know Iowa could look at landing or Dorian could look Singer. At. Dorian Singer, yes, to Iowa, I think was a little iffy about coming out of high school, whether he'd be a defensive back or a wide receiver, but obviously was one of the leading receivers, I think the leading receiver in the Pac-12 this year for Arizona. So those are a couple to keep in mind right now. Um, obviously, there will be a few more that eventually pop up. I think they have a really good chance of landing to Slaw this weekend during his official visit. Um, you know, it'd be even bigger if Kay McMara who, you know, Iowa's new quarterback, if he's on campus, we've heard date that there's a chance of that happening. And Cade's been really working Isaac's phone a lot lately too. So I think that's something to really keep in mind. And, yep. you know, obviously with the way things are looking, I know people were expecting commitments. I know people are thinking, oh, Iowa's just going to totally bring in a couple of new wide receivers. You got to relax with that because I think two or three might be what they're looking at. And there's other positions, too, where they're going to monitor. Because, yeah, obviously, tight yeah. end Eric All, Michigan, transferred out yesterday. He's going to be a guy to keep in mind. think you got to look at a linebacker now. Don't know if you look at an offensive lineman, maybe one. But, you know, those are kind of the positions that I'm keeping a close eye on. It looks like running back is going to be a high, two high school running backs in the 2023 class. I'm not sure. Even with Gavin Williams departing. I think Iowa feels good about Sean Williams and Caleb Johnson at this point, even Jazz Patterson, and yeah. potentially a guy that can maybe come in and maybe push the room. Because I mean, that's five scholarship running backs, and that you're you're in a good spot if that's the case. Yeah, Arlen Harris, Iowa's expect to have traction with, but the reality is he he's looking for pretty quick playing time, and you're not going to be promised that when you have. Caleb Johnson is your number one. You have LaShawn Williams is your number two. And Jazz Patterson, who Kirk has raved about, I think, throughout this season. Sean, whenever we ask about Caleb, he automatically refers to both of them because that's how hard they're both working. So I think that's important to note as well. Um, also should probably provide an update on Alabama wide receiver Treshawn Holden. Uh, I know there was expected to be some traction between Iowa and him. I know that. Most people knew that. I was informed by multiple sources throughout the last three or four days that Iowa was the front runner to land him. Once Holden got in the portal, the Iowa staff was made aware of some things that gave them pause in terms of pursuing him and trying to get him on campus and land him. After learning about the new information, they decided it was best to just go their separate ways and not pursue Holden. So, you know, I know I put in a crystal ball. I, you know, I got the new information when it came in. But again, I, I put in the crystal ball after he officially entered the portal. Iowa's staff didn't even get that information about him until he was officially in the portal because that's when the communication lines can open up a lot more. Um, but I have retracted that crystal ball and I no longer expect Iowa to pursue Treshawn Holden. I just wanted to put that out there for full transparency because I know that's been a very, very hot button topic with Iowa fans. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Um, but like I said, Sean, Sean's brought it up. There, there's going to be guys. Cade McNamara has been working the phones. I know he followed Dorian Singer on Instagram. I have a hard time believing he's not texting him about trying to get him to go to Iowa. And I've always said to dudes recruit dudes, Sean, you summed it up best. I think Iowa fans expected a, I want to say a plethora of, of commitments on Monday. And it was unrealistic. I mean, how many guys actually committed to school on Monday? This was the day it all became official. That's why it was such a historic day in college football. Iowa's going to land guys, but it might not be till this weekend. It might be early next week. So just wanted to put that out there for full disclosure as well. And as you mentioned, Sean, uh, Iowa does have a great shot with Eric All. I know you've heard separate good things. I've heard good things. I've submitted a crystal ball in favor of Iowa to land Eric All. And this is a guy, Sean, that would probably be in the NFL had he not gotten hurt this year. I mean, this is an NFL caliber tight end. He and Cade McNamara are, are really, really good friends. So it's not going to be surprising if Eric all ends up joining McNamara in a Hawkeye uniform. And if you get him and Luke Lachey together as your one, two, that's a very, very powerful tight end duo right there. Yeah. And obviously it's important to note that both Kate and um, Eric are coming off injuries, surgeries. So that's obviously something to keep in mind, but yeah, I think one of the things to mention with, um, with all is, you know, he's a really solid blocking tight end. And I think that is something that Iowa really wants. I mean, he had, I think, 400 yards and like two or three touchdowns during the 2021 season for Michigan. Um, but I think his main strength is as a blocking tight end. And I think that's something that Lachey maybe has lagged a little bit behind. Um, as opposed to all. And I think having all in the in the system would really benefit Iowa from a standpoint of, okay, you can use him as a more of a guy in the pass game, kind of like they did with Sam Laporta this year. Because I think Lachey, with what he showed this year, like that upside is, is very high and yep. could make him one of the better probably receiving tight ends that – Iowa, you know, has had in recent years, and that's including, you know, the likes of, you know, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fan. I think Noah Fan's probably up there. Um, Hawkinson's obviously up there. You put Laporte up there. Like, you could put Lachey in that group. Like, I think that for a certain amount of time, we were kind of iffy on if, you know, he could make that group because, you know, we just hadn't seen it yet. Like, we always knew the upside would be there. We just hadn't seen yep. it. But now that we've seen it, I think you can make an argument where, you know, you're looking at potential first or second round pick if 
maybe more second or third pound if things continue to go the way they are. No, I think Lachey's upside is huge. I think he's a, you know, he's a tight end, a red zone threat. And Sean, he was the only guy with multiple receiving touchdowns this year. I mean, how, how wild is that to say? Um, no, I, I think that'd be very interesting if Iowa does land Eric all again. It's not a done deal. I feel pretty good about my crystal ball for Eric. There's a, I've heard he's going to be on campus this week. So we'll have our, we'll keep updated to our, uh, VIP members there. Sean, we dove into Arlen Bruce a little bit, but what about Keegan Johnson? I mean, there's been a lot of buzz about him, a lot of rumors and, you know, all that. So I think it's important that we kind of clear up some things. For some reason, I saw some rumors about Keegan Johnson having academic issues. That's not the case whatsoever. You don't get offered by Notre Dame or heavily pursued by Notre Dame if you have, if you have academic issues. So there's you know, he, he doesn't have those issues. There have been rumblings about is Iowa still trying to get Keegan back. I've heard of Iowa is still trying to get Keegan back in the fold, but look, Keegan's going to be a guy, Sean, that gets 30 or 35 schools on him. I mean, we've seen Kansas States offered him. Nebraska really wants him bad. Notre Dame wants him. I mean, this is a high upside guy that when he's healthy, I think he was a big missing piece for Iowa's offense this year. He was the guy that took the top off the defense. I mean, you go back to his first game, his first touchdown against Colorado State last year. First catch of his career, touchdown. Second one nearly went for another touchdown as well in that first half. So Iowa is really missing him. I think if you're Iowa, if Keegan does want to come back, you absolutely accept him with open arms. And, you know, you throw in a couple other wide receivers and Eric All and along with Caleb Johnson – and Kane McNamara, no excuses not to uh, take a significant jump in production as far as the total offense next year. It's uh, people got to be patient, and it, things are going to happen. Get Caden Proctor, but uh, it's very, very important to note that I you need to give Iowa credit right now because they are trying to recruit some high end talent. Definitely. And I think having Kate, that's why it was so important to get Kate in the class early. And we talked about too that earlier or last week when we had the instant reaction to Kate's commitment. And um, yeah, I mean, just getting a guy in the class like that, you know, you can, you know, has proven that he can win at the highest level, obviously didn't win the national championship or, um, you know, couldn't get past Georgia in that game, but winning the big 10 championship, beating Ohio state in impressive fashion. Um, and just, you know, leading a really high caliber program like Michigan. And, you know, it kind of is just different because I know Iowa's had more success when it comes to, um, you know, putting quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, obviously you can look at Tom Brady for Michigan, but that was a couple of years ago. I'm talking more recent stretch. Yeah. But yeah. even when you have that Michigan label, like I feel like that holds a little bit of weight. And – now to see that Cade's willing to make that move to Iowa, I feel like that really intrigues more of these type of wide receiver targets that, you know, if Cade can believe that Iowa is going to take a step in the right direction, then that's that's what we need to do or that's something we need to look into. You know, I've talked – I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again because it's worth repeating. There's a reason why 24-7 sports, as Bud Elliott said, if you commit to – play quarterback at Iowa with the current scheme and everything you're dumb. And he said, Cade McNamara is not dumb. I mean, you look at 
the way McNamara helped turn the corner for the Michigan program, gotten back to the college football playoff, won a Big Ten championship. I mean, Sean, how many Michigan fans have come on our board and raved about Cade McNamara just from a leadership standpoint, from a culture standpoint? That's why I've said this is a perfect fit on and off the field. But even if it even if it kind of wasn't like Cade was going to come in and he's going to say, look, this, this, and this needs to change, or what are you going to change? Why should I come here? I don't want to come here, throw 14 passes for 92 yards. I don't want to throw check downs because as we talked about in our instant reaction to Cade McNamara, Sean, when I looked at his highlights, doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. The dude can throw a deep ball though. I mean, he has pinpoint accuracy down the field that if you're Brian Ferentz, if he's retained as the offensive coordinator, you have to let him throw the ball down the field. You have to open it up. And I think that's going to be something that, you know, I, we're not going to get the answers to in the offseason because all this past offseason, we were told, yeah, there's going to be a few new wrinkles. Sean, they, add, they, they, they took away wrinkles from this year's offense compared to last year's offense. Like, we need to see tangible proof in game one that Iowa's going to do some different things. And not even game one. It has to translate over to Iowa State week. Like, they cannot get back in this funk where getting five yards is an insurmountable task that's worth celebrating if you somehow accomplish it. Like, that's the point it got, basically, with the offense this season. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, I think Cade, too, I mean, I think he'll be able to throw some of those deep balls, but I also think where he might be at best is some of those intermediate throws and some of those throws across the middle, some of those out routes, some of those ones, you know, where the tight end, you know, I know a lot of people aren't going to like that, but the tight end is probably going to be one of the leading guys again. I mean, with Luke Lachey, but I think if you can get two or three more receivers, maybe two, if we want to think, you know, realistically, two receivers that have more receiving yards than Lachey, and Lachey has a respectable amount, I think that's a ton of progress, an insurmountable yeah. amount of progress. And I think that's realistic. Like, I think yep. I, I said like three or four before, but I think two, if you have two receivers that have more receiving yards than your leading tight end this year, I think that's really good progress. But your tight end has to have respectable numbers. But I think with a guy like Cade, you know, obviously it depends on the offensive line. They got to get better pass protection when it comes to the running backs too and being able to pick up certain you know blitzes and everything like that it's gotta you know everything's got to come together but when you're putting the pieces together like assuming Nico Regani comes back I think that's he's the type of receiver I was just that about to say that yep he's the type of receiver that K McMurray needs in the slot that can be reliable Eric all having a guy that's familiar to him Luke Cliche who I think could really gel well with any wide receiver or any quarterback then you get two or three guys in the portal, you know, assuming Keegan Johnson doesn't come back, I assume he's not going to at this point. Yeah. Um, but if you can get two or three guys that you can put in there and, you know, be reliable, be consistent, then you're looking at a much revamped offense. And it's not, it's not like they need to redo everything. Like you just need to get a guy that can throw the football effectively, efficiently, and a guys that can run routes and go up and get balls too. People it's, talk about the running scheme being broken. I don't think the run scheme is broken. I think they need a more veteran offensive line to get it to work. I know they're, the cut blocking and everything is severely limited. Kirk's old way of doing it, Sean. But the number one problem outside of the quarterback 
is the route trees. I mean, I'm rewatching games, Sean. The route trees are terrible. Like the scheme for wide receivers, like it does not allow them to get open. It doesn't allow them to be put in opportunities to succeed. Like they are so handcuffed. Like imagine you had cement blocks tied around your ankles. That's how tough it would be to get open. Trying to run around with that. It, it's just, it's not good. I mean, you and I, I said it on our 24-7 sports transfer portal Palooza yesterday. You can't, Cade McNamara is not coming to Iowa to throw a three-yard out route on third and seven. Like that needs to be completely banned from the Iowa offense. They have to, Iowa got so afraid to screw up, Sean, that they, that they impeded their own progress because they were so afraid to screw up. And what I mean by that is, they were so afraid, third and seven, oh, we can't throw the ball past the sticks. It might get intercepted. So we're going to run a three-yard out route, get pushed out of bounds, and punt the ball. Like, that's what they were playing for instead of actually trying to sustain drives. And in 2022, and especially in 2023, you cannot win football games like that. Like, that has to be the big turning point. In Kirk, in Kirk's brain, if you're Tane's Brian, Brian has to call a game like that. You just you You can't get away with it anymore. Teams have sniffed it out, and it's unfair and it's in, unfathomable to put that much pressure on the defense to be that perfect just to have a chance to win games. Yep. No, I agree with you 100%. I think the defense, I know I, I feel like it might take a step back, but I think you got to remember that this defense always seems to have find a way to reload. And with the guys that it's come, it has coming back, I mean, I think they also need to go through to get a cornerback in the portal. One defensive back, specifically a cornerback, would be important. Then along with the linebacker, those are kind of the two positions that I would say Iowa needs to get on that defensive side of the ball. But if you can get those and if you can get – I mean, you're not going to get Jack Campbell back there. I think your linebackers are going to take a little bit of a step backwards this year, which is not – you know, saying the time because this, I mean, that was probably one of the best linebacker corps that Iowa has had during the Kirk Ferentz era. If Justin so, had been healthy, I think they would have been the best trio. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's going to take a step back there. But I think, yeah, you just got to – those are the two positions on defense. D, I mean, offensively, like, it's looking like there's more progress with everything. and. You know, I think there will be improvement, but you got to remember how bad the offense was last year and how good that defense was. Now I think yeah. there's going to be a little shift. Defense is still going to be really good, but if you can get that offense to a certain point, like you're cooking with something. Something that's worth noting just before we close this out, Sean, that we have not mentioned. Iowa's NIL is really working right now. Yeah. Iowa's NIL getting McNamara is huge. And the amount of new members they've gotten since Cade committed, it was eye-opening to Iowa fans, I think, because they're like, oh my God, this is this is the new way the college football world works. Okay. Well, now we see it's actually working for us instead of against us. So I think after Cade committed and Cade tweeted out that link, I mean, I I don't have the specific number, but Iowa's Iowa's playing big boy ball right now, I think, with NIL, especially from where they were at even two, three weeks ago. I think Iowa's feeling very, very good about its collective right now. And uh, 
And it's only going to get better if they land another big time name out of the portal early in the process. 100% agree with you. So David Eichel, Sean Bach, 24-7 sports, 50% off annual subscription to HawkeyeInsider.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at David Eichel, at SBock247, and at Hawkeyes on 247. And make sure that you stay tuned to 24-7 sports for all your college football, basketball, and recruiting needs. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.